Welcome back to the game plan NFL week 13 DFS and betting angles breakdown. Let's do this. All right, welcome back, everyone. My name is Kevin Allen, a.k.a. The Geek from DFS Army, and we're here to break down another NFL main slate of games, mainly from a DFS, but also a betting angles breakdown, and we're going to get right to it. Week week 12, again, got some uh, crazy results. Uh, running back position definitely went a little differently, I think, than uh, a lot of people expected, so let's see what happens in week 13, um, and let's get right into it. So, I'm rolling solo today, so we're just going to break down these games. We're going to take a look at each one. And what I've noticed in my early look at the slate is that we just have another week with without a lot of competitive games. So we're going to struggle. It's it's kind of like 2000, you know, 2021 in a nutshell. Another week with a lot of lopsided games. So we're going to try to see if we could figure out any games that might be close, might be high scoring, might be competitive. And then we'll talk about a lot of these games that aren't going to be competitive, but you know, the quarterbacks could style and just put up five touchdowns anyway. So let's get right into it with the first the first game on the Week 13 slate, and a great one here. We've got the Bucks at the Falcons. The Bucks are currently favored by 10.5 points in a game with a 50.5 point total. Now, I like the Falcons are at home. At least it gives them some hope, I guess, of being competitive in this one. If we take a look at the power rankings, sheet um specifically for this game you'll see that the bucks are slated to run for about 110 yards throw for about 317 yards so a lot of passing yardage for that's one of the highest on the slate 317 let's see if we got anybody with higher 324 the raiders never easy to figure out the raiders 304 the rams but tampa 317 yards and on the falcon side of the ledger we basically have a team that stinks right they've got cordero patterson they've got Kyle Pitts, and basically nothing else. It's it's gross. Cordero Patterson potentially going to be negated by the elite run defense of the Bucs. Not fully negated. Can have a good game still. Does a lot of work in the passing game, so he could be fine. But, you know, coming off that monster game last week as well, elevated ownership, a lot of things working against Cordero. And Kyle Pitts just, I think, could be a great player. But, you know, we haven't seen where it's been worth paying up for Kyle Pitts um, or that that's enough to carry the... Falcons offense into competitive games. So really this game comes back to Brady and co. Now, last week we saw with Brady that the um, team still scored a whole bunch of times, but Leonard Fournette absorbed all the touchdowns. He got four touchdowns in one game. That's an anomaly. That's something that you just can't expect or even assume or consider can is going to happen again. It was just one of those games. And could it happen again? Sure. But I mean, that was one of the few games this season where Fournette went for over 100 yards or even scored a second touchdown. So the price has been jacked up on FanDuel and DraftKings for Fournette. Mm, you know, a little more dangerous as uh, a little more dangerous this week, I would say, uh, especially with the chasey nature of it all. So with the Bucks this week, I'm actually really excited to go, you know, Brady stud off a dud. Hey, my man, Hunter, what's up, my brother? Um, Brady has the stud off a dud narrative going this week. 
A lot of people played him. He was a chalk play at quarterback last week. He was one of the two sort of potential cash plays a quarterback last week. Um, I actually played Cam Newton. That didn't work out either. But didn't matter. At least it was cheaper than Brady, and he was 60% owned. But um, I'm going right back to the stud off a dud narrative in this game and going right back to Brady. I think there's, you know, five touchdowns, four to five touchdowns likely to happen in this one. And if you think Fournette's going to grab three of them, great. Maybe he will. But I think it's much more likely that it's not Fournette taking three of them this week, that it'll go right back to Godwin, Evans, and or Gronk. And the way I'm approaching it this week is just, I feel like two of these guys will smash. Probably not all three. Because Atlanta is not going to be competitive. So, number one, I don't feel the need for game stacking in this game because Atlanta is really uncompetitive. And so I'm not really expecting a back and forth affair. I don't think Brady needs Atlanta to be scoring for him to do his thing. Brady just likes to style out there. That's just what he does. And I think we're choosing between Evans, Godwin, and Gronk, potentially two of them. Yeah, hard to predict. I, I don't think you're going to be able to predict it. There's no metric that's going to tell us um, you know, it's going to be Evans this week, or it's going to be Godwin. It's almost always Gronk, but one of those other two. So the way I'm approaching it is I'm going to set up tournament stacks, Brady plus two. I'm going to make sure I get two of Godwin, Gronk, or Evans in, in these lineups. I'm not going to bring it back with any pieces from Atlanta. They're all priced down. They're all priced well, as Hunter said. And they're all going to have slightly lower ownership than they probably should because all of them crushed lineups last week um and yeah it's it's probably going to be a blowout so you know i think two of the three trying to predict if i sat here and told you I, yeah it's going to be godwin this week or it's going to be evans i don't i don't know yeah i don't know yeah there you go don't know but definitely love brady this week i think he's the cash play i think he's the best quarterback play on the slate in terms of just overall floor, ceiling, all of that stuff. And I, I, and again, I just don't think that Fournette, I'm not playing the slate as if Fournette is going to have another monster performance. So um, that'll do it for that. As far as the betting odds, I, listen, I don't want to bet on the Falcons at any price. Bucks defense has got, I don't care that they're on the road. Falcons just are such an incompetent team, especially when you shut down the one or two weapons. So any defense that's decent can shut them down. I think this is a no bet situation, but um, you know, if I was forced to, I'd probably be leaning towards the Bucks, even winning by more than 10. Just blowing them out. All right, next up, we've got the Bears, uh, the Cardinals at the Bears. And again, I'm, I'm actually surprised that there's a line on the board. It's still not clear that Kyler Murray is going to be playing in this game. Uh, Cardinals are, are eight-point road favorites. With a 42 and a half point game total. Now, right off the bat, what that tells me in terms of the game total is it's not a good one. I like the Bears as a bet in this game. Um, I don't like the Bears as a team all that much. Justin Fields, not that great. But, you know, they've got the running game. I think they can slow this one down. And primarily for me, it's just Kyler Murray. Anytime you have this type of a quarterback like Kyler Murray, when he's got an ankle sprain, he's coming off having been out for a while could be rusty. We've seen other quarterbacks that haven't played for a few weeks. They come back in. They're not themselves. So, you know, I'm not down with, I'm not down with Kyler at all. It could wind up being Colt McCoy at the helm. It's not even a hundred percent that Kyler Murray is going to play high ankle sprain is no joke. So my thing is I'm going to be on the bear side of this bet. Keep it. Uh, they're going to keep the game low scoring. The lower scoring it is, the better it is for the bear, the bears. They're going to run the football both with, um, Fields a little bit, but 
a heavy dose of Montgomery, and I think the Bears can hang in there. My boy Bobby Wow would be happy if the Bears get a win, but for me, I don't know if they're going to win. I don't really care, but I'll take the points on the Bears, and as far as DFS angles go, the only player on the Cardinals that I'm even mildly interested in is um, James Conner, the Terminator, but even that, you know, there's just not that many fantasy points that looks like it's going to be to go around this game. David Montgomery for the Bears, maybe Darnell Mooney a little bit, just because Darnell Mooney um, with Allen Robinson probably on the shelf for another week, potentially on the shelf for another week. Darnell Mooney's just like the only game in town that they throw to. So he could wind up just getting there on sheer volume alone. Even, even if Fields only throws 25 times, you know, Mooney can get 10 or 12 of those targets, which is enough, which is enough. Again, low-scoring game, not super excited to target it. And Montgomery, you know, Montgomery's going to get a massive workload. The Bears want to run the football. So Montgomery, Connor, maybe Darnell Mooney, that's it for this one. Yeah, we're talking about last night. Family man, Harris touchdown. All the, yeah, we great game. And we took the nuts down, or Bobby Wow got it. Uh, I'm I'm still pissed at myself for not stacking Taysom with, uh, with a running uh, wide receiver. I, I went back and re-ran my lineups. With the, with the stack rule on, and I took the nuts as well. But Bobby Wow, big winner last night, um, right off the show. Showdown breakdown, showdown takedown. It happens again. You guys got the Zeke. You guys got the Zeke fade last night. You got the Cooper fade. You get, it was a great show. We nailed it. We nailed it. By the way, Zeke, we faded him, was 50% owned in the $9 contest. So just don't accept that people aren't donkeys. They're still donkeys playing these, and there's still an edge to be had. Yeah, there you go. One second in the play action. Loves it. Loves it. Still, still donkeys out there. And you can get an advantage by checking out the DFS Army YouTube channel, checking out our shows. Uh, Bobby won first place on FanDuel, not not the million, on FanDuel, which yeah, on the $9, which, you know, was a giant split, but I think it was worth, I think it was worth 7 or 9K or something like that. Um, all right, let's continue, guys. We're getting to a game that I'm actually interested in from a DFS perspective. And this is one of the very, very few uh, games on week on the week 13 slate that actually are competitive or they seem like it seems like it might be competitive. That's the Chargers going up against the Bengals road three point favorites. Interesting to see the Chargers favored on the road like this. But but here we are. This is our life now. So um, the Chargers are three point favorites. Forty nine. No, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Yeah, just had a brain fart. The Bengals. Okay. I'm like, why would they be favored? I was like ready to pull the trigger on a bet. No, Bengals. <laughs> Bengals at home, favored by three, going up against the Chargers with a 49.5 point game total. So scratch what I just said. Bengals are favored at home, which seems right because I was like running to the sports book, misread, brain fart, twisted it. And this makes a lot more sense. So two very, very similar teams. And I actually want to pull up the power rankings to look at these two teams to see kind of what we can glean. And eh, interesting here. So the power rankings suggest, this is the Statsational power ranking sheet available at DFS Army. Uh, it's really, really important tool. I use it for my DFS decisions, and so should you. Um, DFS Army subscribers, of course, if you're not subscribed, you got to get over there, get signed up, use my promo code GEEK, get 10% off. You can even get, we have a core four for just football, baseball, basketball. It's a lower price subscription, $49.99. Get 10% off, so make sure you check that out. But this Chargers-Bengals game, Chargers projected to throw for 299 passing yards. The Bengals 
looking at rushing for 136 running yards. So Chargers, very good against the pass, not so good against the rush, which favors Joe Mixon. He ain't a crook, son. On the flip side, it looks like the Chargers can attack via the air. And this is actually a pretty fun game to attack from a stacking perspective, a game stacks perspective this week. As far as who's going to win or win or lose, I'm probably taking the points with the Chargers here. I just think even, even three points is enough where the Chargers could lose, but I, I feel like it's going to be a close game. So for me, I if I'm take if I'm betting this, I'm taking the points. All right. From a DFS perspective, there's a lot to like across both of these games. I think Herbert is probably the better quarterback of the two in terms of not having a running back on his team that could easily vulture him. So as an example, Burrow can be sort of wiped out of a game if it plays out the way the power rankings show on screen right here. And the Bengals are just running a lot, right? They're doing a lot via the run. They're scoring via the run. So Mixon projects really well in this game. Well, every time he's scoring a rushing touchdown, that's one touchdown that Joe Burrow's not throwing for. Whereas on the Chargers, even though Eckler is pretty good, he does most of his damage via the pass. So Herbert really kind of projects as a higher floor player, even though he's on the road. We prefer home favored quarterbacks, even though he's an underdog. But Herbert is a playable piece here in this one. And as far as who to stack him with, obviously, Mike Williams. One of the most up and down, low floor, high ceiling players in the NFL. I, I I wrote this up in my notes that you know if the Chargers just kind of remember to feature Mike Williams, he's going to score over thirty. He's so good. I don't know why they forget about him. They go to Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen more of a possession guy. Well, way priced up at this point for me. So you know I don't love Keenan Allen as a play. I don't mind pairing up Herbert with Eckler. And, you know, bring Mixon game stacks all around for this one for me, DFS angles. And as far as the betting angle, um, I'm going with the Chargers, taking the three points. All right, next up, we've got the Vikings. Seven and a half point favorites traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. There's a couple of interesting notes in this game. Both teams have their starting running backs injured, have the backups in play. For the Vikings, that's Alexander Madison. Everybody loves Madison when he comes in. You know, it's like a, it's it's already, it should be a meme. Madison's in, lock him in. But interestingly, both FanDuel and DraftKings jacked up the salary on Madison. There's no bargains to be had here. It's a great matchup, but Madison is priced exactly where Dalvin Cook was. Yeah, family, I'm fucking nailing it, man. Love it. Hell yes. Welcome to the team. And you're nailing some sharp takes here. When you take a look at, let me, let me bring this up. Let me bring this up. When you take a look at Mike Williams, and I know it's tough. You're like, oh, you're so to play him. Every time you're so to play him. I always have to play him every week because when this guy pops off, he really goes off. And if they just remember to throw to him at 5,700, we, we have that 36 point, 39 point, 22. Great. 22. Fine by me. 20 points. Okay. Like even, even some of these okay games, are great when they just remember to throw to Williams. I don't know 
what it is about. He catches a lot of the passes. It's not like he's dropping passes. There's nothing he's doing that says, hey, let's get away from this guy. Seems to do everything right. I'm not there. I don't know. But I like Mike Williams paired up with Herbert always, especially in tournaments, because in tournaments you want players with, we don't mind the low floor. We're looking only for ceiling. Don't care about cashing. Only care about winning. Yeah, he's cheap. He's cheap, but you know, he's going to he's going to destroy your lineup when he has one of his Mike Williams, you know, uh terrible games. I mean, seven three, seven eight, three nine, seven nine. The floor is scary low. Four seven, two point one. The floor is scary, scary low with Mike Williams. But when he does his thing, if he does his thing, if that happens again, he's gonna smash. So um, definitely not the guy I'm playing in my cash games. I don't think this this game this game is a cash game game. It's like a lot of tournament plays. On the flip side, for the Bengals in tournaments, I don't mind going right to Burrow, fading Mixon in the game. I know he's been in five millimaker winner lineups already this year. Play some Mixon for sure. Never at this point, never don't play Mixon on a, in a millimaker because the guy hits it half the time. Like he's got a fifty percent in the nuts rate for the season might not happen again the whole season, but his rate for being the nuts play in tournaments is 50%. But I think people know this, they're going to play mix in. So it's really interesting to play burrow and say, Hey, you know what? I get it. It's not a good matchup for the passing game. And it's not um, the chargers have one of the best defense in the league against wide receivers against quarterbacks. So it's definitely GPP only, but you can get on burrow at chase burrow Higgins, burrow Boyd, whatever it is. Burrow is like a tournament play game stacks. You want to bring it back with pieces from the chargers, of course, as well. So that's really just more of a tournament play for me, this game in general, even though it stands out, there's not too many cash pieces on either one of these teams. I don't know how I got to wait. I went back to the Chargers Bengals. We're talking Vikings lines. All right. So let's get back to Vikings lines. I'm reading comments, messing me up. So again, we already talked about both these teams missing their starting Running backs both have the backups in Madison for the Vikings and Jamal Williams in as the starter for the Lions. Jamal Williams is playable. He's priced pretty well. I don't think the Lions are good, but you know what? The Vikings are the kind of team that doesn't blow anybody out. Their opponents have always been in the game. If the Lions are ever going to be in a game, they're at home. They're at home in this one. They're against, again, a Vikings team that allow a lot of scoring, a Vikings team that they actually played a tough game against earlier this year. Divisional opponent. So maybe the Viking, maybe the Lions can stay in it. Bad to bet. I would probably have to take the points here and go with the Lions. I don't think they're going, but I'd probably have to take the points if I'm betting this game. And as far as DFS angles go, I think there's a lot of pieces that make sense. Justin Jefferson every single week, always a good play. Um, Vikings just don't have a lot of guys they throw to. So when, when it comes to the Vikings offense, I think one really interesting DFS angle would be Going heavy on Cousins, even like a double stack, even a Cousins, maybe Jefferson Thielen or Cousins Jefferson Conklin or something like that. Double stack and leveraging the feel that might be loading up on Madison on that side of the football. And if I do that, of course, I'm doing it because I'm anticipating it might be a close game. And therefore, I might want to bring it back with Jamal Williams or new Number one wide receiver, Josh Reynolds, who's one of my favorite paydown options on the slate, on a slate where there's very few relevant 
pay down option. There, yeah, there you go. Um, uh, very few relevant pay down options. So with Reynolds, is he good? I don't know what happened with um with the Titans. They just dismissed him. So I don't know. I'm not there. It's pretty weird. Like the Titans was like, we don't have any wide receivers, but we don't want this guy. I thought he was going to be good. But like I said, Titans didn't care for him. Didn't like his personality. Didn't like his looks. Maybe he borrowed money from somebody. Didn't pay him back. Maybe he had a party. Didn't invite the coach. I don't know what happened. Why the Vikings get rid of him? No idea. I still don't know. It's, it's bizarre. It was weird because they brought him in as, you know, we, we watched him with the Rams and he was like the Van Jefferson. The WR3 was good. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, the Sony Michelle all in play. We'll talk about that when we get to that game. All right, next up, we've got the Giants heading south to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Dolphins favored by six. Giants without Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Danny Dogecoins. Danny Shitcoin, as we like to call him. I'm not even sure, by the way, that having Glennon at the helm for the Giants is a worse situation for their pass catchers. Like, you know, it's been pretty bad with Jones. But this game carries an anemic 39.5 point total, which is a screaming stay the fuck away for DFS purposes. You do not want to load up on games with 39.5 point totals. And I think the expectation is a low, sluggy kind of running game. I think the Giants are going to lean on Saquon Barkley. Oddly enough, I think Saquon Barkley is playable. No one's going to want to play him after the dud last week. But, but like I said, for me, I think it's better for Barkley to have Glennon in there. Miami defense is pretty good, but they're not as good against the run as they are against Bass. Again, 39.5 point total, temper expectations. Don't expect a whole lot from any game with a 30.5 point total, but I think that Saquon Barkley is at least mildly playable here on the Dolphins side of the, uh, of the football. I am not into Gaskin. I think he locked into a big game last week. If you have him in Dynas, like I'd be selling Gaskin off of that big game. If you could. He's still an undersized running back. They've got too many guys. Philip Lindsay now, Salvin Ahmed. There's too many names uh, on Miami. I think too many people are going to get sucked into Miles Gaskin. So if you're watching this, I got you. Stay the fuck away. All right. We don't need Miles Gaskin in a week where every, like, we have all these workhorse backs in 6K or lower on DraftKings, uh, even all the way down to 5K on Fandle. There's so many better options. I'm just staying away. From the gas can. As far as the Dolphins being favored by six in this one, um, you know, again, I have a hard time giving them that six points. I just don't think the Dolphins are that good. I, I, I'd be leaning to to the underdog from a betting angles perspective. Jalen Waddle, people will be on him. I think he's playable. He's on my list, but he's definitely not a premium or or a, a must play. But Waddle, I think, is actually still fine. Again, caveat being 39 and a half point games, we generally don't want too much of that. All right, next up. And actually, let's take a quick look at the power rankings for that game, see if we can glean anything. And the power rankings basically tell you don't expect a whole lot. I mean, not a lot of yardage, not a lot of rushing yardage, not a lot of goodness here, but it does predict a closer game than the spread. So I'm, I'm kind of on board with that. I, I don't think Glennon is worse than Dimes. Eagles at the Jets. Green. 
I'm trying to think of like the green, you know, face off. I don't know. I can't think of anything. I, I would like a cool name for that game. You know, the bleed green, you know, um, championship over here, I guess. The Eagles are coming to New York as six and a half point road favorites in a game that carries a 40, 45 point total. Now, here's the thing. I've gotten a few questions this week about Jalen Hurts. Can I play Jalen Hurts? Can I start him? Should I start him in DFS? I'm going to tell you the answer is no. And the reason the answer is no, and a really wise man, John Statsational Alessia, my usual partner in crime on the show, who's not around today, he's got shit to do, fine by me. He's out and about tearing through the strip clubs of Tampa, throwing dollar bills out everywhere. He's got a stack of dollars. He showed it to me like this, ducats everywhere. I get it. I get it. Single life. That's what you do. But me, I'm here breaking down games, breaking down stats, trying to figure out who to bet on. That's how we do it here. Stick around. Like and subscribe. Make sure you hit the notify button on the channel if you like this kind of content. So with the Eagles, the reason I'm not on Hurts is because I don't like running quarterbacks that have an ankle injury. It's that simple. If you're a running quarterback, if that's how you do your scoring, and you've got some sort of an injury that limits your mobility, that's not ideal for us. That's not ideal for us. We don't need running quarterbacks with ankle injuries. So right off the bat, as much as I normally would have loaded up on Hertz in a game like this, I'm kind of like, what, what if he's not running as much? What if they said ankle, you know, stay in the pocket, or they just lean heavy on the defense and Sanders and Boston Scott, which is the most likely scenario. It's fucking Zach Wilson at the helm for the Jets, and he sucks. So he's just going to turn the ball over, probably. He's going to be inefficient on offense, probably. And the Eagles can get after the quarterback. They pressure the quarterback. That is not a good scene for Zach Wilson at all. The only way that I see Wilson doing okay here is if, if the Eagles kind of come in thinking, ah, eh, we got this and kind of overlook the game as what happens in NFL games. Teams come in, they kind of play off. We see it all the time. That's why underdogs win. But overall, I think the Eagles roll here. They just play a lot of defense. Defense scores 21 points. Eagles defense is the thing I'm most interested in in terms of fantasy piece from this game. And I'll load up on Eagles defense if they're not max salary or whatever. But as far as um, uh, position players, yeah, could you play a little bit of Goddard? Sure. Could you play a little bit of Devontae Smith? Sure. But you don't want to go crazy here um, with this with this game. And again, I think you got to kind of stay away. Listen, Hurts, he's been great all year. He, I, I preached in the preseason to everybody who watched the Bowl Call Fantasy Football podcast that he did to draft Hurts. He will lead you to a fantasy championship. It has absolutely worked. You got him with the last pick. You were the last guy in your fantasy league to take a quarterback. You got him pick number 12 at quarterback. You got Jalen Hurts. I have it. I'm, I'm crushing in those leagues. So awesome. But in this in this week, with the with the ankle, I think we could just maybe not use Hurts. If he didn't have the ankle, though, I'd be all, all about it. Or if the Jets could be competitive. I just think the Jets won't compete, and Eagles defense will dominate, and they could just hand it to Boston Scott and Miles Sanders and not really have to do enough with Hurts to make a difference. As far as Elijah Moore, I like him as a player, but I don't think we could trust anyone with Zach Wilson at the helm. 
I think you got to wait until like Mike White or or Joe Flacco's back. And yeah, I love Elijah more in that scene. You know, Elijah will get a lot of snaps. He'll probably get a bunch of targets. But we just have to remember it's Zach Wilson throwing him the ball. And it's a tough situation because Zach is just, you know, he's just not good right now. And he cannot deliver the football. Uh, do I hate him as a GPP crazy play? No. And let me check the salary here. I don't even really think I considered him. Yeah, 5,500, it's a little spendy for, for, you know, the guy who did well, again, when when Wilson wasn't playing, but did not have good games with this quarterback. So it's a little too expensive for me, uh, um, Sir Galahad. Uh, all right, where were we? Next up, we've got the Colts traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. Colts coming in is 10 point road favorites in a game with a 45 and a half point total. And I mean, come on, this game screams Jonathan Taylor smash spot. This game, and by the way, soup, Campbell, Campbell soup, soup is good food. Um, if Boston Scott was out, I, I will have some mild interest in Miles Sanders, a little mild interest in miles, mild, miles, mild. And yeah, again, Hertz can always run for three touchdowns, but he's got the ankle issue. Are they going to run him? It's too dangerous. They could just play defense and run the foot. They don't need to do it. It's dangerous. All right, so looking at the Colts at Houston, it stands out as a Jonathan Taylor smash spot, of course. Of course. Jonathan Taylor's been tearing shit up anyway. Now you get the Texans. They're 10-point favorites. I mean, what more can you ask for? The setup is too good. Texans just are, are just terrible. Terrible. Tyrod Taylor, probably a little bit better than what they had with Mills before, but overall, they've just been terrible. And, I, you know, I don't really see where the Texans are going to make a game of this. Sure, anything can happen. I guess the way it could happen is the Colts come in and they're just playing bad. You know, they just come in and they're not themselves. And we've seen it a couple turnovers, Texans score a couple times, but that would favor the Colts passing game a little bit, or that would, that would definitely help. Like if you, if you have players from the Colts and the Texans get off to a 14, nothing start, that would be the greatest thing that could ever happen. But I think the more likely thing is the Colts come in and they style and, you know, they run a football with Jonathan Taylor. Um, so for me, you know, the Colts probably des are deserving of the minus 10 favorite. I know that both, uh, you know, some of my partners in crime, uh, you know, cause Gargano and, and Statsational both like the Texans to cover the spread. It was like the underdogs, but I, I don't know for me. Um, I, I think the Colts can just do their thing here and it's a Jonathan Taylor explosion. If you didn't like Jonathan Taylor, for whatever reason, the only other player that's ever viable on the Colts uh, for me is going to be Michael Pittman. But I'm not really probably going to go there this week. I don't know about that, family man. Here, here's the thing. I want you to think about this. So you're saying Taylor of a cup. Obviously, these are 9K, the most expensive players, FanDuel, DraftKings, right? So here's what, here's what, it's, it's opportunity cost. So one thing to consider, and I love Taylor, but one thing I would consider is just that, yeah, Taylor's great, but there are like five running backs, 6,100 and below, that seem awesome. Like that might even score as much as Taylor, but that seemed great workhorse, 80% situations, great, great running backs in good spots that are cheap. 
whereas it's a lot harder to find locked in wide receivers at that price point that you feel confident in. So, you know, I have a lot of running backs that I love in the five to six K range. Only a couple wide receivers that I like. So it's more opportunity cost as well. But obviously, um, we love Jonathan Taylor every single week. Yeah, I mean, the pricing is crazy. This is what I'm saying. So, like, sure, you could pay 10.5K. But, I mean, like, Sony Michelle is 5.2K, and he's going to get a lot of carries too, you know, and he's half the price. Or, you know, on, on FanDuel and DraftKings, you know, Gibson and Elijah Mitchell and all these guys who stand out as workhorses this week for much cheaper. So that's the whole thing that I always look at. It's not just what's that one player going to do, but – what do I have to sacrifice? What can I get for cheaper at that position group? So how much can I win over the much lower cost guy? Because this is a game of salary caps. Um, so, all right. I don't like anything from the Texan side. Nothing. Nothing. Moving on. All right. So here's a second game. And this is what I think might be the sneakiest tournament game of the week. And part of the reason why it's sneaky is because, man, you know, I never play anybody on the Raiders. I just don't. It's hard to pick which pass catcher is going to do anything, right? But there are a couple of angles in this game that we have to explore. So the football team travels to Vegas to take on the Raiders here. Raiders one and a half point home favorites. This is a really close spread. Football team looking good lately. Last week, we saw the football team lean heavy on the run with McKissick and Gibson. And now McKissick is out, which means... Expect Antonio Gibson to get, you know, 80% of the touches, lots of targets in this game, underpriced, good matchup, you know, even almost pick a mods. Antonio Gibson's one of the best, if not the best um, plays at running back from a points per dollar um, salary-based expectations perspective. Love me some Antonio Gibson in this game. Um, on the football team side, the only other player that really kind of ever stands out is going to be Terry McLaurin. Although I guess Logan Thomas as well, like McLaurin, Logan Thomas. I don't mind taking a shot with Heineke on a slate where there just aren't that many um, wide uh, quarterbacks that we feel super confident in, or at least that I do. So I don't mind having him in my mix. On the Raiders side, on the Raiders side, Carr looks good, but like you know, who do you really pair him with? It's hard. Everybody's going to play Foster Moreau. He's the big chalk play in this game. Foster Moreau filling in for the injured Darren Waller is going to be massively owned this week, probably over 50% in cash and, you know, probably 30% level in tournaments. So we're keeping an eye and, and thoughts and prayers on Foster Moreau. Let's see if we can get the um, sheet for this one and see what we can see. I think it does favor the passing attack. Yeah, for Vegas, 320 yards, but it doesn't really talk about where those yards are going to come from, and it, and it heavily favors the rushing attack for Washington, which we can get almost all of through Gibson. So Washington, I'm looking at Gibson. Vegas, you know, Foster Moreau for sure, and then, you know, I don't really know. As a matter of fact, this one, it always baffles me who the Raiders are going to throw to. I mean, Renfro, actually, I mean, I guess last week it was Zay Jones. He popped off. I guess we want like a cheap guy. Zay Jones is still available for 3,200. You know what? He's making my list. I'm adding him. Deshaun Jackson, 
can pop off for a big play at any time. 4,200 DraftKings salary price. Uh, 50, both of these guys are pretty cheap, FanDuel and DraftKings. I think, actually, you know what? I'm convincing myself. I'm convincing me. You know, Edwards, I guess. So I actually think in tournaments, probably can stack Derek Carr with, you know, Moreau and one of either Renfro, Jackson, Jones, or Edwards. It looks like they all get similar snap counts where you don't even like, it's not even like you could really say like, you know, um, Deshaun Jackson's not out there on the field. He got 50% of the snaps. He's got a little Q tag. We got to keep an eye on that. But Brian Edwards, just he's out there, but they don't throw to him. I don't know what's up with that. And Zay Jones had the big pop-off day last week. And maybe Zay Jones will get more. It's hard to chase. Don't like to chase after that. But, you know, it's something we got to keep in mind. Yeah, DJax Revenge. There we go. Everybody likes DJax Revenge. Man, I hate Deshaun Jackson, like, full stop. But, um, yeah, and Kavorka found um, Carter, who, that's right. He was more of a showdown play, though, for me than, like, somebody I really want to target most weeks. But I guess if we want to hang in the turd zone, all of these guys are viable. And, oh, by the way, the nice thing about the Raiders is they do. They hang out in the turd zone on salaries for most of their wide receivers. And certainly for Foster Moreau, who's going to be an across-the-board, all-in kind of play. Um, let me just tout Foster Moreau a little bit harder understand why this guy is going to be is such a good play it's because they throw to the tight end the Raiders throw the tight end five or six times maybe seven times a game and when it hasn't been Waller Moreau stepped up there's a couple of alternatives to Moreau that I've kind of looked at like uh Oshag Hennessy on the Jaguars is not that different probably expecting five to six targets whereas Moreau might be more like five to seven targets um, so maybe Oshag Hennessy is an interesting lower own pivot off of Moreau, but we have seen Moreau put up some pretty big numbers when given the opportunity. So he's way more secure and probably actually most definitely the preferred cash game play. Another lopsided game coming up next. The Rams are at home against the Jaguars. This is just going to be a, a uh, uh, a cat to the slaughter, as they say, with the Jaguars coming in as 13-point road underdogs. The Rams are coming off a bunch of rough games, and they need a win bad. And so I think they're going to take this game very seriously, and I think they're going to style in this one and get back to their winning ways. It's not clear if Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be playing for this game. If he is, then it's kind of a little muddled at wide receiver between Cup, Beckham, and Van Jefferson. If Beckham does play, if Beckham doesn't play, then we can, you know, get a little more condensed here with, with just Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup. Keep in mind, Cooper Cup has only one game this season with less than 10 targets. Only one. So the dude is locked in for targets. But at his salary, and I love Cooper Cup this week, but just understanding his salary, he does need to hit 30-plus DraftKings points, about 25-plus FanDuel points to be relevant. Yeah, Zay Jones popped off last week, but you can't trust him. He's got, he's got a zero in him as well. So, you know, it's a GPP play. It's fine. But, um, yeah, with this one, with this game, I like Stafford a little bit. I like this. I, I, I certainly, the, the biggest angle for this game is going to be, does Darrell Henderson Jr. play? As of now, Henderson hasn't even practiced. If he's out, 
Sony Michelle, 5,300 on FanDuel. Let me get the numbers. Yeah, Sony Michelle, 4,300 DraftKings, 5,300 FanDuel will be probably the best play on the entire slate. From a salary point of view, from a value perspective, there won't be a better play than 5,300 Sony Michelle with no Darrell Henderson. So we've got to monitor the Darrell Henderson status situation. Henderson's playable, I guess, as well. But, you know, somebody who's that questionable that we don't know on Friday if they're playing, usually I don't want to really dive in too deep to a player like that. But, yeah, I'll be happy if, I mean, listen, Henderson, I don't I don't wish bad on anybody ever. But if Henderson's out, um, I, you know, I like the idea of jumping on FanDuel and brute forcing my way into having good lineups just because I play him above the field percentage. People don't like um it, listen i get this the 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 willies that you get from sony michelle hunter those are patriots sony michelle and i get it he's had disappointing games he's gotten hurt Th that was the patriots what we've seen from the rams is they run him out there and they just drop him in place of darrell henderson he'll get lots of he'll get targeted He'll get lots of carries. Will he do a lot with them? I don't know, but the matchup is too good to uh, to ignore. I don't know if Henderson's soft. I just think he does get hurt a lot. Like, you know, he gets hurt a lot. That's that's the issue with him. Yeah, yeah. Never, ever wish for injuries, guys. Um, by the way, I'm injured all the time. Like, you know, last thing I want. Yeah. Shoulders acting up. Shoulder issues. I don't want anything to do with the Jacksonville side of this game. Nothing. As a matter of fact, I like the Rams defense. I like all of that. Nothing from Jacksonville. Nothing. All right. Next up, we have another potentially competitive game here, although low scoring, but I think this one can go either way. There's a couple of these that I kind of like in the late uh, the last two games, really, I kind of like a little bit. So we'll go through them each um, and just kind of go over them here. We've got the Ravens minus four and a half on the road at the Steelers. I think here's the thing. Ravens defense, not as good as people thought. This is a divisional game. This game could go either way for me. I could see this sort of slow paced slug fest, lots of runs, you know, um, Lamar Jackson hanging out in the pocket, trying to be a pocket passer. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, he's old, he's slow at this point. All of that can go away of a low-scoring stink fest with poor fantasy points across the board. But also we've seen just recently a Steelers game against the Chargers where it popped off differently. Uh, you know, both teams able to score at will. Big-time numbers from both teams. So. Well, see, I like that you love Lamar here, family man. So so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Lamar has been very up and down. More up and down than people kind of give him credit for, especially being the most expensive quarterback on the slate. I mean, this guy has one, two, three. Probably four or five games that probably ruined your lineups that didn't even hit 3x. Already, he's got one, two, three, 30 plus scores. So he pops off. He's very much a GPP play at 8K. He needs eight, 16, 24, 24 minimum. 
and he hasn't hit 24 fantasy points all but three times this year. So he's only hit 3x this salary three times out of 10, 30%, which is not ideal. You really want that above 50%. So he's only hit even 3x 30% of the time. And, but he has the ability to go five, six X this salary. So for me, Lamar Jackson, this whole game has a wide range of outcomes. And I think you have to build tournament lineups that are only, only game stacks for me. Lamar doesn't score when the other team isn't scoring. They sit him in the pocket. They play slow. They run the football. The only time he wakes up and starts running around is when his team is behind. I think his team can be behind in this one. I think Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh can take the lead. So as far as betting angles go, yeah, I would be on the take the points for the Steelers side of it at home. And for DFS purposes, I'm only playing this game as game stacks. So you're talking Lamar, maybe, and his, his game stack pieces are kind of expensive, but, you know, either Andrews, Jackson, or who the fuck is Jackson? Andrews, Brown, or Bateman with Lamar with the comeback on Deontay Johnson, most likely, because maybe Chase Claypool, maybe Najee Harris, but primarily Deontay Johnson. So game stacks is the way. Lamar Jackson does not do anything unless he needs to. And that's not lazy. That's just the team. The way they're doing it, they're telling don't run, stand in the pocket, do your thing, don't get hurt um, unless you need to. And that's what they do. He ends up waiting until his team's either tied or down and they really need him. Then all of a sudden he remembers he can run. You can tell I'm frustrated because... I like my running quarterbacks to run. So it could go really, really slow this game, or it could just randomly pop off. That's how DFS works. Crazy game under 35 point total, but it randomly popped off. That could totally happen. So keep it in mind. Now, finally, one, I think great DFS goodness is going to come from this San Francisco Seattle game. The 49ers are three and a half point road favorites in a 45 and a half point total game. And I think we could get some fantasy goodness out of this one and a lot of it on both sides. So let's start with the 49ers who I think should easily cover three and a half points, by the way, um, on the 49ers side that no Debo Samuel, which means condensed. Look at my condensed offense condensed, right? Who do we got? Just three guys. Just three guys. Mitchell, Ayuk, Kittle. The trio. Three points on the triangle. Thought that through. Planned this well before the podcast began. The triangle. Dude, you know it. Don't even, don't even try to spoiler alert it. So on the 49ers side, Elijah Mitchell, great spot. Brandon Ayuk, we we saw we've seen this before. Last year, what did Ayuk do with no Debo? He went, no, bitch, that's my bike, punk, and he took over. He was awesome. So they both like Seattle to come. Of course they did. Of course they did. They also ripped on me on the wise guys. If you want to see the geek get torn into. Ripped apart when I wasn't there to defend myself. Download the Sharp app and watch this week's episode of The Wise Guys, where two of the sharpest sports bettors in the world give you their plays for free. It's called The Wise Guys on the Sharp app. The only place you can get it. You got to download the free app. It's the best. 
Yeah, it was basically a roast of me. You loved it. You, I, I saw, I saw it all. No one defending me. Kang, not defending me. No one defending your boy. Like I thought we were buddies. They just ripped me, hurt my feelings. Check it out. The wise guys on the Sharp app. You got to download the Sharp app. Just go on your iPhone. Go if you got an Android phone because you're a boomer. Get that out. Download the Sharp app right now. Check out the Wise Guys. Best, best sports betting show that there is. I promise you. And if it's not, I'll give you your money back. That's a guarantee right now. You don't love the Wise Guys? You get your money back from my pocket free. All right. Anyway, where was I? So (laughs) 49ers, three and a half point road favorites. So the idea here is Seattle bounces back. They've looked like absolute dog shit. I thought the same thing. Could, could maybe, maybe, maybe he's going to bounce back last. Maybe it's this week. Does it happen? It will eventually happen. But there are some narratives on the Seattle side that we got to get into. But I love Elijah Mitchell. I love Brandon Ayuk, and I even think that George Kittle is worthy of some action here as an alternative to Foster Moreau, who everybody's going to play. Uh, Gargano's awesome. By the way, the guy makes me cry. Super funny, but a very, very sharp better. He is not, he's, he's no joke when it comes to picking, picking, the, picking the games. He's, he's, he's just been fantastic. So I have a lot of respect for um, Gargano's picks. I just do. He's really, really sharp. Didn't know it going into the show that he would be as sharp as he is, but I've learned it. So Correlative. I love the idea of a little ping pong back and forth between Ayuk and DK here. DK, listen, there's all kinds of squeaky wheel stuff going on. I don't even mind Tyler uh, Lockett is cheap. DK Metcalf. There's there are great pieces on both sides of this game. Listen, this is GPP stuff. So a lot of people can be like, I'm not playing DK. I've got a lot of targets the last few weeks, or I don't want to play Seattle. You know, Russ has looked like shit. We're trying to win tournaments. I'm not playing those guys in my cash lineup. I'm not playing them. But if you're trying to win a tournament. You got to be ahead of the sort of new thing, the next thing. And getting ahead means, listen, they're going to, they've been losing games trying to rely on the run. The Seattle does not have good running backs. Their running backs suck, right? They suck. You watch Collins run and you're like, dude, that guy sucks. How is he in the NFL? <laughs> no. <laughs> You got to get Gargano to agree to that one. <laughs> get him on the show. Um, imagine you didn't play DK. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. At some point, it, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. He's not like all of a sudden bad. Remember when Mahomes had a few bad games earlier this year? And I was making a joke like he sucks now. Right. But he didn't. Of course, he doesn't suck now. These guys don't just go from good to bad. The fingers healing, all of that stuff is going down. So I think I don't I don't know if I can bring myself. I have to think about like, can you play a Russell Wilson like straight up stack? I think you can. I think you can play Russell Wilson at his price. You know what? He's going to make my list. Fuck it. I'm adding him. 6,400. It's not the best price in the world. But he's at the lower end of the spectrum for quarterbacks this week. Russell Wilson, in his career, has had big games. Um, even last week, which would appear to be one of like the worst games ever, super low scoring, he still got to 20 fantasy points. And one of the nice things with Russ is 
his running game sucks. So if they're scoring, it's probably going to come from touchdowns off his arm. Yes, Lockett as well. You know, and everybody's talking about the narrative with DK Metcalf, which means Lockett is going to go lower on. So there's a lot of ways to attack this game. Um, oh my goodness. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even showing this how many beers to, I, I I'm assuming that's because you get your ass kicked because all their wives are smoking hot. So yeah, that's our last game. It's one of the few games that I kind of think has some game stack potential, but I love the pieces on San Francisco as standalone. Iuke, of course, Eli Mitchell might be one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. And yeah, exactly. That. What if Russ cooks for one day? Like that happens again, and all of a sudden, you know, you win a tournament. That's how you win it. How about a Wilson Lockett or Wilson Metcalf bring back with Ayuk? You know, it's really easy to stack, and it's not that expensive. So that's definitely why I'm going to look to go next week. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this week's the game plan. Uh, you know, um, a quicker one than usual, a later one on Saturday, on Friday, a Friday version. A little weird, weird this week. I was out of the office for a few days, so I'm still catching up, but. Um, Friday version of the game plan. Remember to like the channel, like the video. If you like what I had to say here, if you think it's useful information, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. So you get these videos when they come out. And if you're not signed up at DFS army currently, I don't know what more I can say. Go get signed up. You get our optimizer, get our projections, get our cheat sheets, get our tools. We have an incredible suite of tools. Guys, we're priced at half the price of other sites for a reason. Because DFS Army is all about average Joes competing like pros. We're not trying to price out regular players. We see our regular players winning tournaments every single week. 100K winner. We had a 100K NBA winner last week. Dude had signed up th like a, like for a couple weeks before. Not even a mass multi-entry guy. Made two or three lineups. Nailed it. So get signed up at DFS Army. You can use my promo code GEEK. Get 10% off. If you don't want to sign up there, you can get a lot of our videos free right here on the DF Summer YouTube channel. And of course, don't forget to download the Sharp app where you have tons of free content, including the plot, the Prop Finder tool, which to me is the greatest tool for your fantasy sports, DFS, everything you want. You should see what we have coming in the pipe for the Sharp app. I was just at a conference. Like the technologies we're building into it are going to blow your mind. You want to be one of the early adapters on this app. Good things will happen if you are. So make sure you download the Sharp app. And, um, you know, check that out. You get all the lines, all the odds, all all the player props, lots of great stuff. Um, education, learn how to sports bet, all those things. John Statsational Alessia's sports gambling masterclass currently free on the Sharp app. That's something you'd have to pay, you know, four or $500 for elsewhere. We put it free on the app because we want to help average people learn this art. And we want you to like the app when you come back. We want to, that's what we, that's what it's about. So check it out as well. Again, I will be back for DFS Army VIPs tomorrow with the Players Club behind the paywall, only for DFS Army VIPs, where we'll really dive into the slate one last time, get into player picks, build some lineups together, all that good stuff, hang out, drink some Blue Moons. So look for that tomorrow around 2 o'clock Eastern. And for the rest of you, good luck this weekend. We hope you kick ass and take names. I'll see you next time, everyone. Later.